between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. Son of God, we press into your ministry by mercy this evening. We press into your ministry. We press, press into your ministry by mercy. Mercy. Kramashia, Lord. want to come through the door of mercy. Let our soul come. Come through the door of Mercy, dog mercy. Fanny, come on. Thank you. We are obtaining mercy with our heart. We are obtaining mercy. 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 Mercy with our heart. Our vessel, we obtain mercy. Obtain mercy. Have mercy on us. Have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy, Jesus. Ameni karara shaprano ta paramona mareni kri epramiyolatisi fraperanashkiato tomi kre entai mai kre dai emiyano premi kai makora dosh zavrai Sataman on a Mahatama Hotemekeneko, Capra Macandreos, Tafen Ortes. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you. From Mahatano. Thank you. Thank you. We 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 thank you, Jesus. Glory to you, glory. We glorify your name. Come on. Jesus, come and bless us. Go and minister to our heart and minister to our soul. Come and bless us. We bless us. We, we, we have received mercy. Receive this ministry. We have obtained mercy. Mercy. Help our heart not to faint, not to faint as we obtain mercy. The time of this ministry, help. We pray for help. We ask for help. We ask for help. May we not fail the threshold of entrance. May we not fail. May we not fall short. May we not fall short. Help us. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. We pray to you. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on our soul. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Merkai Epravihus. Larenishti Tomerekano. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Bless your holy name. <clears throat> Amen. Hallelujah. Shatta Paraton Creator Cadia, Sesti Chris, 
Tatarana Ephrena Atapi Hatoski Taligarano. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to your name. <clears throat> we bless your name, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We praise your holy name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Amen. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Praise God. Good evening. <clears throat> Thank you, Father. Amen. Just please, you can say good evening to somebody. Shepherd of Amalodia Cresto, Santa Liprento Fenacaihanata. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Numbers. Amen. Praise God. Numbers chapter chapter eight. Praise God. Can they say amen? <clears throat> Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Let's see Numbers 8 verse, uh, verse 9. Okay. Hmm. Amen. amen. Numbers 8. <clears throat> From verse, verse 9, if you're there, say amen. amen. Verse, it says, And thou shalt bring the Levites before the tabernacle of the congregation. Amen. amen. And thou shalt gather the whole assembly of the children of Israel together. And thou shalt, thou shalt bring the Levites before the Lord. And the children of Israel shall put their hands upon the Levites, and Aaron shall offer the Levites before the Lord for an offering of the children of Israel, praise God, that they may execute the service of the Lord. And the Levites shall lay their hands upon the heads of the bullocks, and thou shalt offer the one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering unto the Lord to make an atonement for the Levites. And, and thou shalt set the Levites before Aaron 
and before his sons and offer them for an offering unto the Lord. Praise God. And then thus shalt thou separate the Levites from among the children of Israel and the Levites shall be mine. Praise God. And after that shall the Levites go in to do the service of the tabernacle of, of, the, of congregation. And thou shalt cleanse them and offer them for an offering. For they are wholly given unto me from among the children of Israel. And instead of such as open every womb, and even instead of the firstborn of all the children of Israel, have I taken them unto me. Praise God. See, for all of the firstborn of the children of Israel are mine, both man and beast. On the day that I smote every firstborn in the land of Egypt, I sanctified them forward for myself. And I have taken the Levites for all the firstborn of the children of Israel. And I have given the Levites as a gift to Aaron and to his sons from among the children of Israel to do the service of the children of Israel in the tabernacle of the congregation and to make an atonement for the children of Israel that there be no plague among the children of Israel when the children of Israel come unto come on come nigh unto the what unto the the sanctuary praise God and Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel did to the Levites according unto all that the Lord commanded Moses concerning the Levites, so did the children of Israel unto them. And the Levites were purified, and they washed their clothes. And Aaron offered them as an offering before the Lord. And Aaron made an atonement for them to cleanse them. And after that, he went, <coughs> and after that went the Levites, sorry, in. After that, they went in to do their service in the tabernacle of the congregation before Aaron and before his sons, as the Lord had commanded Moses concerning the Levites. So did they unto them. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, This is it that belongeth unto the Levites from twenty and five years old and upward the shall go in to wait upon the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. And from the age of 50 years, they shall cease waiting up on the service thereof and shall serve no more, but shall do what? Minister with their brethren in the tabernacle of the congregation to keep charge and do, this, and do no service. Thus shall thou do unto who? Unto the Levite. Praise God. So this is... This was the Lord um, just um, telling Aaron, um, Moses was, was speaking to Moses um, from verse 1. It was Moses, he was saying, and then he was telling Moses um, to speak unto Aaron and to his sons what thing they ought to do. Praise God. So, so you're seeing here the, 
the Lord laying down the 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 is the separation. It was describing um, God was describing the separation of the Levites to Moses to tell Aaron and to his sons. Amen. Verse fourteen said that that thus shalt thou separate the Levites, praise God, from who? From among the, the children of Israel, and the Levites shall be mine. So it's very clear that these um, Levites, let's, let's read, um, we can go to Second Corinthians, you see chapter 6. Thank you, Father. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse, verse 17. It says that, it says, Wherefore, wherefore come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and then I will receive you. So that first part was a command to saying, come out from among them, praise God. And so you see that that first part, and you know, this Second Corinthians chapter 6 is the, is the culmination of the... Um, promises of God, right? The promises of God concerning his people. Um, it started from um, verse 16 where it says that for you are the temple of the living God, then as God had said. So all these things from verse 16, as God had said, and I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. That's what God had said. That's the promise of God. So it's very clear that when God said, and God was said, I will, I will, and then they shall. I will, I will, and they shall. Amen. Those are promises. Do you agree with that? Amen. That those are promises of God. God is saying that I will. And what makes it a promise is that is not a foregone, done thing that because God says that I will in this sense, it doesn't mean it's just saying I will. Um, there's difference bef- be- between, this is King James, praise God. Um, amen. When it say, says I will, it's talking about intention, right? It's I will, but that word will is still is conditional, that if God can will something, but it doesn't mean that he will do it. Um, if the condition for that thing is not met, do you understand that? So he went, I will, I will, and he says they shall. And if you see the word shall there at the end. So this is King James. In King James, by the Spirit, they don't make mistake with all these things. Like this, this um, what part of speech is this now? I will... Is that a preposition? Praise God. <laughs> Amen. What is that? I will. 
anyway, will is whatever that part of speech is. They don't, King James is very specific. So in the book, of, in King James, there's difference between will and shall. Where you see will, praise God. There is sometimes they will say, I shall, shall. Sometimes they use shall, but sometimes they say will. So will, a lot of time, is talking about an expression of an intention. But shall, when they say shall, it means that this is shall, shall. It's just trying to emphasize the, the inevitability of something. Praise God. It shall come to pass. It shall come to pass in the last days at the mountain of the Lord's house. Those are, those are shall statements. So when they speak about collective prophecy, they say shall. When they speak about individual prophecy that is conditional, they say will. Do you understand what I mean? So it is a will, but you might not do it, even though it's the will of God. Praise the Lord. So this will here, it's saying, I, God, I will, and then he says what he wills to do. So it's very clear that if it's will, and it's not just a foregone conclusion for an individual, then it means that whatever that thing is, is a promise. Tell me, what is the meaning of a promise? A promise means something that is that someone is, that some, that something, some, a promise means something that someone is, has been, has been committed to do, right? It's a promise. Someone, when someone commits to something, but it's still a promise. A promise can still have conditions. Praise the Lord. Amen. A, a promise can still have what? Conditions like this. So the condition of this is beginning from verse 17, when he begins to say, wherefore, do you see that? So now he used the word shall. The word shall means that if what I will happens, then that shall is inevitable. Do you see that? He didn't use the word will when it comes to what, the, what, the, what will happen, the result of of his will being actualized, is, is, it is finished or it is setting. That it's not possible for him to be their God and they not, becoming, not become his people. So if he is their God, then what will happen? They shall be what? They shall be his people. Praise the Lord. Are, you make, are we making some sense this evening? So verse 17 then begins to say, wherefore? So wherefore? is the conditions of the promise. How many of you believe that the promises of God are conditional? Now, I know that we say that, we, we, we say, okay, if God has promised, if God said it and he would do it, that's, that's correct, amen. I know you can quote the scripture here, all the promises of God, but it's not I hear and amen. It's not, it's, that's not what the, the verse says, praise God. That's how we quote it, all the promises of God are here and amen, but no, it says, it says, all the promises of God in him are yea and amen. Those are, the scripture is very technical like that. Praise the Lord. So, all the promises of God in him. So, that word in him is talking about, the, in him is the completeness for the requirement of the promises. So, outside him, they can't be yea and amen. Do you understand that? It's... Outside him, the promises are not what? Yes. Yeah. So that word him is 
the frame, the person, the being, the stature to whom that thing is promised. God did not just promise the heir or anything that cares to hear. He's talking about is a promise with a condition. Do you see that? That's the, the promises of God. Praise God. So he says, I, so the condition is, is wherefore you come out from among them and be separate. That's the first aspect of the condition. Then you see, well, you can go on touching on the unclean thing, verse 17 and verse 18. So if you're just coming, we are reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Praise God. And then he goes on and on. Praise God. So everything after verse 17 and verse, in verse 18, they are, the, they are the wherefore. So they are the things that need to be done for that shall to happen. Right? For what he wills to occur, for, to receive his promise. Means that first of all, you must be separate. That's the first thing. Then secondly, he must receive you. That's the second part, verse 17. Right? He must be separate then. You have to touch not the unclean thing, and then he will receive you. And when he receives you, he says, I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters. So you must go on, come under his fatherhood, which is a dealing of kind of preparation, praise the Lord, to attain the promise. Do you see that? Then he now goes into chapter 7, verse 1. You know when they wrote the Bible, it was just written, there were no chapters. So it's a continuation of what they were saying. He now says, having therefore these promises... Do you see that? So it means that what God said, what God had said, all these things in verse 16 uh, is a promise that is pregnant with also promises. Do you see that? Praise God. So, so I will receive you. And therefore, having these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of what? The flesh and what? The spirit than doing what perfecting holiness were in the fear of God. So the perfection of holiness in the fear of God is the condition for God's promise. So nobody will receive God's promise, this promise, if they haven't perfected holiness. Tell somebody perfecting holiness. Praise God. You have to perfect holiness where in the fear of God. And the, in, in the process of perfecting holiness in the fear of God, there's, you must first cleanse yourself from filthiness, right, of the flesh, and then filthiness of the spirit. Do you see that? You have to cleanse yourself from what? Filthiness of the flesh. Now, what's the meaning of filthiness of the flesh and filthiness of the spirit? What does that mean? Does that mean the filthiness in your spirit, man? No. It's not talking about the filthiness in your spirit, man. It's, it's speaking about, um, when you say flesh and spirit, praise God. When you're saying flesh and spirit, they, they can use them not in terms of, now, those are, those are descriptions of things that God made. Different, they are different kind of Things that God created, things they are property, they are actually description, flesh, spirit, they are description of properties of different creations, things that God has created. Praise God. And so that property, um, when you hear spirit, it doesn't always mean spirit man. 
right? Spirit just is just, um, amen, is a kind of, um, is a, it is a kind of entity, a kind of being, a kind of is a manner of existence of something with certain properties. That you see, this one exists as spirit. You can say also something also exists at, as flesh. Something can be flesh. Now, flesh here used here is not flesh in the bad sense. There is a sense in which Paul used flesh in other places, which is just talking about the bad, the bad, uh-huh, just flesh, as does the in a bad sense. But when he's saying filthiness of the flesh, he's not saying here that you should, you should, um, you should destroy the flesh. He's just saying cleanse yourself from filthiness of the flesh. Amen. Now, when you say flesh, say flesh. Flesh um, is here um, means something that is bodily. A bodily is bodily oriented, right? Something, anything that is bodily oriented, is or is or flesh here means something that is oriented towards the outward. That's what flesh. That's outward orientation is what you call flesh. Praise God. So your, your spirit, um, like, you, like the way you are right now, your, you, your, your soul is the, your soul is a type of flesh. Right? Your soul is a type of a flesh or a type of body. You can interchange those things. That you can say your soul is the body of your spirit. Or you can, see your, you can still say your soul is like the flesh of your spirit. Do you see that? What, what immediately covers the outward to your spirit man, flesh, the soul is more outward to the spirit man. Do you see that? So Because it is more of a covering. That which the purpose of when he hear the word flesh, flesh just means covering, the external. You see what this flesh is doing? It's to cover. It's what is on the outside. That's just the meaning of flesh. You see that. So flesh also means like body. You can use, it's not, it's not complete to say body because body includes things inside too. That's a different thing. But flesh is actually, um, sometimes when they use the word body in the scripture, they mean flesh. Sometimes when they use the word body, they don't mean flesh. So we need to be reading the Bible with so much understanding now. Otherwise, you won't be honest. You, won't, you can't go forward. Because the things that God wants to communicate with us, right? You can't, you can't just read the Bible literally. This one means this, and then you draw a, a line to it. This one is this, and then so anywhere you see this, you can replace it with that. No, you can't read the Bible like that. You won't understand it. You can never understand it. The, the scripture is meant to be a, it's supposed to be is a ladder. Praise God. The Bible is what? is a, a ladder that's taking you. You're supposed to Read the Bible until you disappear. That's what this, the scripture is meant for. When I say disappear, I mean you disappear from the, from the realm of, of, the, the, of base thinking and understanding. It's to, the baseness of understanding. Scripture is meant to, is a ladder to elevate thought, to elevate you know, comprehension. Praise God. It's, when you get to, you have to move, you have to read the Bible beyond the point that linguists can, 
you know, you should get to a point where linguists can no longer follow you anymore. It will get to a point. When, when you tell, you're speaking to a linguist, you tell them, no, this word, flesh means this. You come again tomorrow and say, flesh means that. I say, flesh means that. You say, what do you mean? I can it mean three things. This, you are breaking the law of linguistics on the earth. You cannot, that's confusion. But it's just, no. You tell them that who, he who knows knows the difference, what I'm saying. You understand? What, that's just the way the Bible is. You get what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So there are not enough words to, to describe everything God has to say. Our words are too few. You see that dictionary we have? How many words? How many thousand words in the dictionary? They are too few to describe the things. So God has to compress meaning inside our little vocabulary. That's why you can see one word. He can use one word to be talking about 20 things different times. Because you have to, you can't be following just the word. You must be following the spirit behind it. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? <laughs> that's, what, that's what makes this school a bit confusing. That if somebody doesn't join you and they just show up, okay, what's that? And then you see there the, the can be difficulty. Help needs to come. Because it's, it's line upon lines, precept upon precept, precept upon precept. This line is interpreting the other line or is carrying it. For every line you try to read, for every line you try to read, there are lines carrying it. That if you don't see the, the lines carrying it, you will not be able to just understand. You can't just lift one verse and, just one, and then just explain it by itself. The scripture doesn't work that way. Praise God. The book is too, the book is too intelligent. It's too deep. It's too powerful. And it's too, it's too loaded with meaning. Praise God for that kind of interpretation. So that's why they were saying that holy men, no, no, no passage of scripture is, is capable of private interpretation because you don't have what it takes to interpret the Bible. Amen. So people have made a lot of mistakes. People, people have gone into trying to study Hebrew, study Greek. They say, why? Because they say the Bible was written in Hebrew and Greek. So you feel that by doing that, you understand. But it's not, that's not where it is. It's not, Hebrew, Greek, English cannot explain the thought of God. Only spirit can. The Holy Ghost has to do it. Praise God. So no, no passage of scripture is capable of private interpretation because holy men wrote as they were moved by the spirit. And it's not everybody who wrote the Bible who knew what they were writing. Do you understand now? It's majority of the things people who wrote didn't know what they were writing when they were at the point of writing it because they were moved by the spirit. When I say didn't know, I mean why did they, the choice of words, why specific choice of certain words? Even though in their sense, in their mind, they had a sense of what they felt they were writing. It's not like they were just maybe, they were in sleep writing. And then God said, okay, fall asleep so that you won't know what you know it was. They were writing, they, they had a narrative from their own level of understanding at that time. But that narrative was produced out of movement. That is called, they call it being moved by the spirit. Holy men wrote. That word holy men means separated men, men who, true dealings. They, one of the purpose of dealings of a person is to make the vessel available to the spirit. Amen. That's what dealings of the spirit do to a soul, to make the soul available and praise God. So holy men wrote as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Amen. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. So flesh, we're talking about flesh. Flesh, yeah, like I was saying that your soul, you know man is a spirit that has a soul that lives in the body. But now I'm now telling you that the soul is, is also a flesh for, to the spirit. The spirit sees the soul like a flesh. Right? The way, the, and then say the soul is a flesh to the spirit, and then the, the body is flesh to the soul. Does that make sense? The, the soul is like it's flesh to the body. It's a type of flesh. And then the, the body is a, is a flesh. So the body is a more outward flesh. So you see what you call flesh physically doesn't just mean this. Flesh is a, is a concept from God that manifests physically, but it's not the only place that concept manifests. The concept of covering manifests physically. It also manifests in a spiritual sense as well. You mean the concept of covering. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the flesh, is, the soul is, a, is, a, is like a flesh to the spirit, and the flesh, this body, <laughs> the outer body is like a flesh. The body is a flesh to the soul, the same way that the soul is a spirit to the body. Right? When the way to, as far as the body is concerned, the soul is a spirit. Right? It can, it's, it's, its operations are spiritual. So as far as the soul is concerned, the body is a spirit. Sorry, as far as the body is concerned, the soul is a spirit. And then as far as the soul is concerned, the spirit, of course, is spirit. Are you seeing that? So it means that that middle man is, is, is both spirit and flesh. So are you understanding what I'm saying? It's both spirit and also what? Flesh. It's both spirit and also flesh. It is, it is both a covering and it is both a covering and, 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 and an inward it's both a covering and an in, inward man. He has both a covering pro- characteristic and then an, an, an inward characteristic. Do you see that? It has both a covering. So there's what is, what is covering, then there's what is being covered. That's the dynamics. What is covering, what is being covered. So soul is in between. So soul is both covering and being covered. Praise God. So that's, the, that's why the soul is a very, very, is an interesting creature. It's very, very interesting. It, it, can, it can relate on both sides. It's in between. It's, called the, it's, called the, it's not called the inner man. They call the spirit the inner man. The spirit is your inner man. Then, but the soul is called your inward man. It's not the inner man. It's called your inward man. So it's, it's inward, but it is not... Then the, the body is the outward man. Praise the Lord. So because the soul has both flesh, you need to have that understanding to understand why they will be saying you should cleanse yourself from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit. So, so this flesh and spirit, they are both talking about the soul. Are you seeing that? It's not, they're not talking about your spirit man. Neither are they talking about go and wash your body. Don't go, he's not saying go and wash your body. Not as he's saying, find something and go and clean your spirit man. You're, the spirit man doesn't need cleaning. He's a, he's a creature. You, it, it, it is recreated like Christ. Do you see that? It is, so any man is joined with Christ. He's one spirit with him. That thing doesn't need, 
cleaning. You know what I mean? So, but when talking of cleansing, this cleansing is the cleansing of the soul. So, what they are saying here is in order to attain um, these promises, dearly beloved, that you have to cleanse yourself from, from all filthiness of the soul. That's what they are saying here. Oh, but when you, now, when you begin to now move into the world of filthiness of soul, the kind of filthiness that soul can have, they are in different dimensions. Do you see that? That there is filthiness of the soul, which is filthiness of the spirit. So filthiness of the spirit means a filthiness that can stick to something that has spiritual characteristic. There's, there's, there's specific kind of filthiness that was made for, that can stick. It's not every filthiness that can stick to the spiritual side of your soul. And then there is there's filthiness. It's not every filthiness also that sticks to the outward side of the soul. Are you getting what I'm saying? So when we're talking about the outward side of the soul, when they now say filthiness of the flesh, that the filthiness of the, of the flesh is filthiness that pertain to the outward operation of your soul. That's just what it means. And then the filthiness of the spirit means filthiness that has to do with filthy operations in the inward operation. This is that inward place that how you, the spirit talks to the soul. There's something, Satan was able to travel to that place, that depth in man, and put some things in that dimension that is filthy. That is filthy. Praise God. Am I making some sense to you? That's why, the, the, that's why man's, man's journey to, to God's promises um, needs a very, very kind of sophisticated mechanism. The, the washing machine where they have to put man's soul into to clean it doesn't have just one cycle. It's not just one kind of <laughs> cycle. One button, ping, wash, and then come out. Praise God. You know what I'm talking about. Even your own crew, they have different things. They have cold water, hot water, and then you have different timings. What else do you have? You have different spin, different kind of things. Praise God. Are you getting me? Just to wash your cloth. So how much more so that when they want to cleanse a soul that is both a spirit and a flesh that has dynamism of, you know, the soul is like a... It's like an animal. Nobody can tame it. After a while, God just got, got tired in Genesis chapter 7, right? He just said, look, my, my spirit will no longer strive with man, for he also has his flesh. Now, what does it mean that he also, when, when they say he also is flesh, were they talking about his outward flesh in Genesis chapter 6? No, they were talking about the soul too. They said that this soul is flesh, so... That word flesh means that man had journeyed to a point where he was almost completely outward in nature. He wasn't, he, he was out to find spiritual function. You, the spirit behavior of his soul was, has died so much. So God said, my spirit can no longer strive with him. That word strive means trying to, trying to influence him. Because it's spirit to spirit. When God wants to influence the man, he's, he's trying to look at, trying to come to the spiritual side of his soul with his own spirit for them to have some kind of rapport. But after a while, man suffered so much degeneration 
that God now says, my spirit will no longer strive with you anymore because there's nothing to strive with. That everything about you is outward. And not only is it outward, God now said, and for all the imaginations of the thought of his heart are what? Evil continually. So God said, okay, let's leave this thing. This man can never, we can't do anything with this man anymore. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So you're seeing used in Genesis chapter 6, the same language of man. This, he too also has become what? Has become flesh. Amen. Amen. So, so you now see that the soul, such a complex entity, a complex, your soul is more than your conscious mind. Your conscious mind is, is just like the, your conscious mind um, is, is actually the, is the, your conscious mind is the engine room of the flesh part. Your, comfort, your conscious mind can only manage the covering of your soul. Your conscious mind is, can't really think. If, when, the, when the spirit side of your soul wants to begin to have dealings, it, can, it, doesn't, it doesn't pass your consciousness. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you, anybody believe what I'm trying to say? It doesn't pass your consciousness. Things will just be happening. You've done something. You don't know you've done something. You didn't think about it. It never, it never crossed your... You never crossed your logic seat. You know your logic. You know that logic gate. You have every soul has gates of logic. That gate, you say, okay, this one you can pass. I agree. I accept you. You, I don't accept you. We can never behave like this. We don't. I, we don't agree with this one. You, you can pass things through logic. Your, your gate of logic, and you can refuse things. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, the, now the problem with that, that your your judgment, that your room of Reasoning, and we call it reasoning. Praise God. Reasoning. That thing of, I mean, if you know, reasoning is not just merely a function of the mind. It is the inward, is the outward side of your soul that is using the brain. Sorry, when I say mind, I mean brain. It is the outward side of the soul that uses the brain to reason. Right? How do, you, how do I know? Let's take out someone's soul from their body. And see if the brain will continue thinking. Will the brain continue thinking? No, just things will just stop. You just see things will just shut down. That's not it. The body will be there, but there's no one. No one is using it. So the moment that happens, that's when death occurs. Everything was there, but not, not, nothing is using it. Praise the Lord. The same thing. Then, then there are different ways. I mean, if you know that not every death occurs. This, I mean, physical death. I'm talking about physical death now. Not, not every physical death has the same, the same way or doesn't come from the same. Thank you, Jesus. Not every physical death happens in the same way. There's physical death where the soul will say, okay, we are done here, bye-bye, check around, okay, we've tried, we've done everything we want to do, let's leave. And the soul will just leave. And once the soul leaves, the, the flesh, the body will just fall. He has no user anymore. It, no matter what you do, it's not a matter of, it's not sickness, it's not disease, it's not that something, no matter, no matter how healthy the heart is, and everything, everything is healthy, but that's in what man can live. And no matter how healthy the body is, it cannot continue to function once the inward man has gone. 
because the inward man is the user of the body. So that's one way to die. Some people die that way. When it's time, they just go. The soul just goes. But not everyone dies that way. There are people who, who they, the soul has to leave because the body becomes bad and the body can no longer continue. Right? Like when someone's body is broken down, accident, all of those things, sicknesses, the heart stops working, all of those things. When the body stops, cannot work anymore, the soul will leave because it can no longer use the body. Are you getting what I'm saying? So those are two kinds of deaths. They are two different physical, I mean physical death happens in two different kinds of ways. Praise God. Amen. Amen. And of course, the soul is so weak now, you know what I mean? The soul is so weak that I, I, I perceive that before, even if there's an injury to the body, the soul can push life back. The soul can, I believe before, the soul had the ability to resurrect the body. I strongly believe that, that God made man that way, that the soul was, had so much power because of, because of inward dominion. Well, we learn about dominion in life class, right? Uh, because of the, the dominion that it has over the thing. You know, God gave that inward man, gave that man, it's actually the spirit. The dominion was coming from the spirit. And then he, in, inside the soul, the soul carried that dominion also. And through that, yeah, I'm sure he had the power to sustain. Like you see, men were living for almost a thousand years. Methuselah, almost a thousand years. What was happening? How was he living for almost a thousand years? It means that the body wasn't just generating and getting bad and bad. It was, it's very clear that he might, might have been experiencing minor resurrections. Just resurrections of something he sells and the body must have been receiving life from somewhere. Are you getting what I'm saying? Something must have been from the in the because the the inward man was was better. The inward man was what? Was better. The inward man wasn't just a soul, it was a living soul. So it's very clear that a living soul that is a body can't just drop from a living soul without his agreement. When, after, after a while, Jesus Christ, when he, he too was a living soul, he said, that, look, this body, look, I have the power to put it down and the power to raise it up again. He said, no man would take it from me. Nobody, not, there's nothing on the earth that can take it, actually, from me. Even when it, was now, when it was now time to die, it wasn't the beating and killing that killed him. It wasn't, and they pierced everything. That was not what killed Jesus. When it was time to go, he thanked his father and said, Father, and then he said, it is finished. And he gave up the ghost. That was the, he, he himself, he, he left his body. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? <laughs> am, I, am I correct? Is this not the Bible? That's what the Bible, the Bible says. Are you understanding me? If Jesus wanted, that body could have stayed there a bit more. But when, he, when he knew when, it, when he, had, he was doing something, something was going on, something, a, a transaction, he was trying to get to, to finish the wheel fully. There was still will to be done when they hung him as he was on that cross. Things, even though he was having conversation with the guy on the right, on the left, things there, he hasn't finished everything. But he got to a point where he said, it is finished. When it finished it, he gave up the ghost. That what means his, his soul, everything actually left his body. Praise God. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? Amen. So, so the soul, what God, what God created as the soul is a very, very, 
is a very, we, we have no, we, we, don't, we don't fully understand our soul. You can't. Your conscious mind, that, that place of reasoning, that logic, and that is the folly of man. The folly of, the folly of man is that we've reduced everything to logic. Then we, we now took it too far. And we now began to say that God does not exist because he doesn't appeal logically to us. You know what I mean? <laughs> you are talking about the spirit. I said that because my things that things that's been said concerning you can, doesn't align with my logical my logical table. So because of that, I can dis, I can decide that you are not in existence. Well, that's foolishness because it's just a little part of the soul who is trying to do that calculation. Now the problem with the that reasoning board which is the mind of man, is that it can only handle certain kind of computer, computations. It can only manage computations that has to do with, it can only, it can only manage outward calculation and outward computations. Things that have to do with the life of flesh. Do you get me? Things that have to do what? With the life of flesh. Things that have to do with the life of flesh are the things that that, that logic seat it can either allow or disallow. Do you see that? Well, the problem with spiritual things is that that logical seat is too slow for spiritual thought. It's too what? Slow. You cannot, you can't bring it down. It's like saying, ah, okay, I want to now come and count all the gas molecules in this room. Okay, where do we count them? You feel like, you know the way you count smarties? One, two, three, four. And then when you put one, it's where you left it. That's how, are you getting what I'm saying? That's the way, that's the way logic is, natural logic is. And then so, that's why you cannot think God like that. God is not, he doesn't, God does not move at that speed. That speed is too low for God. It's too, it's too, it's too slow for God. It's too slow for God. God is too fast. That's the property of spirit. Speed is the property of spirits. Speed is the property of spirit. I don't know how, I don't know what's the best way to describe speed to you. Speed has to do it is, and now one of the ways to describe speed is, speed is, is the, is, is the, the, thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus, amen. Speed has to do it, the, the capacity for visibility. Like visibility, that's, how, that's one thing, that's how you measure actual speed. If I want to make something disappear in front of you, I just increase its speed. It's still there, you can, but you can never see it. Yeah. That's all I need to do. Once, so how you make things invisible is by increasing their speed. That's how you, that's how you make things disappear. The same thing is right there. But just increase the speed, what happens? 
you cannot. Why? Because what is trying to see it is slow. Slowness. So, so I want you to, I, I want you to see how slow you are. Because it will make you humble. It's good, it's healthy to help your heart, your, to help you inwardly. You know, we feel like we've conquered everything. We are, every, we are powerful, God. Forget, we, are, we don't know anything. All of us, go and bring the smartest of us, is door. The smartest, the most, the, the most the smartest human being on the earth. I'm talking, when you begin to compare with the speed of God's thought, it's very, very dull. So imagine such a dull person wants to understand God like that, with his conscious mind. You know what I mean? There's no problem. We are called to know God. But the knowing of God cannot be stored in your conscious mind of logic. God can use that conscious mind slowly. That's why he gave us a hundred and something years to be passing things through it. Just it can be passing the thing, like you see, we are talking now, right now. I'm not teaching you at the speed of God or the speed of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I'm teaching you at the same speed. I'm, I'm using the speed which my mind can also capture. So, what is the scripture? The scripture is just the, it's the slowed down word of God. That's what the Bible is. They took God's word and then they reduced its speed. Reduced its speed. They brought it down and compressed it. And then that is what the Bible is. Is, the, is the God's word reduced to a point, a level that your natural thinking can take? Do you get what I'm saying? But once they're able to pass it through your natural gate, spirit can make it pick pace again on the inside. So it's not, that's why the way they store, that's why Paul was teaching about the ministry of the spirit, not of the letter. He's talking about the difference between letter and spirit. The New Testament is not the ministry of the letter. It's the ministry of the spirit. So ministry of the spirit is talking about it. It's when, that's why when you're being ministered to spiritually, even though the same letter, scripture is being used, but what makes spiritual ministry is that it is, it is delivered in a form that it carries the potency to pick up speed on the inside of you. You don't understand. You don't get me? That it has the, that's how you know when you get when you've been ministered to by a letter, it's just letter. You just oh logically, okay, yeah. So as a Christian, do this, do that, okay, okay, okay. The same way you read normal textbook, and it just stored there. Because it's not a ministration of the spirit, it, it it stays at that level in your memory and in your mind. And you can wake it up in your conscious mind and then go and try and do it. So imagine somebody who your, if your Christian life is to, to remember the scripture that you've read and go and try and read it again in your mind and try and act it out. Imagine how slow you are. That's such a slow being cannot overcome. You can't overcome what they call them the wiles of the devil. Devil who is a, a spirit, who is a cherubim, an angel in the height of God. You know those, those beings, cherubims are, are, are one of the property of cherubs is that they are programmed to move at God's kind of speed. That was one of the revelations of Ezekiel chapter 1 when he saw visions of God. It was one of the, part of the vision was he was looking at cherubs and he saw their wheels. That wheels and he was talking about the movement of their wheels that where him that sat where he willed to go. Where, he said where the spirit wills to go. 
the wheels move according to the will of the Spirit. Am I, am I correct? So that, that thing is, and that speed is not an ordinary speed for, for some, they have to do something to, they have, in fact, they have to bring what, this, what he saw in vision. It's not really high, it's not really the real thing. It's, it's, an, it's, a, it's an image of what he saw. That's what they, they brought to him to try and picture, pictorically represent the spiritual reality of God. Do you get what I'm trying to say to you? So it's, it's a being like that who fell, Lucifer, son of the morning. He was also made a spirit. Who make his angel spirit, minister of the flame of fire. So he means that kind of being. So such a person became an adversary of a slow, slow man. Slow man. The, the height of his thinking is calculating differential equation, calculus, and he feels happy. Rate of change and all that. Very, a very slow man. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? And then imagine such a slow man having an adversary. There's no match there. You, you better seek help. That's why ministry of ministry, Christianity, is not English, nice English and all that. PowerPoint, you see this point here, the other one, this is how. No, that's not, you can't do that kind of thing, cannot deal with a quick spirit, a spirit that is fast, a spirit that can make you sin a hundred times in one minute. You don't, <laughs> you don't believe. You don't, we don't understand the nature of sins. That's why you don't understand the nature of sin. Sins are, sins are, sins, sin is a life. It's a life on the inside. It's a, it's a kind of blood. It's a life. You can be quiet and listening to me, your heart has saying things. And errors, errors, heaven, yes. If you, if you can show us what our hearts are saying. And those, those things, heaven, spirits see them. Heaven, see them. Praise God. So when you see Christians who gather in church, it's not your song that's ascending. A lot of times, you don't know what things are ascending. When heaven is looking, you look at people, look at all kinds of manner of hearts and all kinds of people. That's what is rising up. You don't know that. It's not, I worship you. I worship you. This, this, that song is too slow. It's too, the heart can be saying many, many, many things. A heart that's singing, I worship you, can be denying God 10 times over, 20 times over, 100 times over in the same breath that is singing. Do you get what I'm trying to, I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying to show you state, our state. So this is not so this, and this is not uh, this is not just story. I'm telling you, this is what God sees. This is God's problem with man. But we don't know. We are ignorant concerning say filthiness, filthiness. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So so I'm saying that the mind. You see that outward dimension of the mind. It's not. It's not really fast enough. But there's a whole, it's like the soul is like an iceberg. Right? You know an iceberg and the sea. Now when a ship is coming, the ship is seeing an iceberg, it sees just a, like a little mountain 
He thinks it's just a small thing. Can we just go? But he doesn't know that. And that's one thing that makes a lot of sheep capsize. That the sheep would think, oh, it's not just, let's just go around it. You don't know how massive under the, the sea, under the sea level, that thing is. That's what, how sin is. And that's also how the soul is generally. So our conscious mind is the tip of the iceberg of our soul. There's there a lot much, there's a lot more, a lot more to our soul than what you can calculate. Praise God. And then living in this world, living in this world, they are, they, the world is, the problem with the world is that the world is, is anointed with filthiness. Right? Both no, different kinds of filthiness. Right? It's, the world is anointed with filthiness of both the spirit and filthiness of the flesh. Do you see that? It's anointed with both filthiness of the spirit and then what? Filthiness of the flesh. Now, and then the world is con- continuously ministers to the soul. So that's why you can never take thought as at face value. Why? Because if, you're, if a thought is coming to you and you try to take a thought as face value, that face value means the evaluation of your face, of what you can see. When you evaluate with your conscious mind what you think that thought is. That you know, I discovered that for every thought, it has, it, it has things, it can be pregnant with things behind it that are spiritual. That you don't, you don't know, but you can allow that thought through your gate, but it enters and it, it picks speed on the inside. I, I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say. It will, it will do what? You understand what I'm saying? It, it will pick up speed because it's actually, that thing is just a, what is actually carrying, the thought is pregnant with something that, will, that can open up on the what? On the inside. So pregnant with something that can open up on what? On, what? on the inside. How many of you can, can you see ambition with your naked eyes? But souls that, that get, that receive fire of ambitions, ambitions that are not godly, where does it come from? It comes from clean thought. We just want to solve this problem. There's, just a, little, there's a little problem here that has just been disturbing people and humanity. And you think about it logically. Yes, why shouldn't we solve this? It's, it's, a, it's nothing wrong with this. You know, we have the resources, we have the learning and all of that. And then they will just show you the graph. You know, this thing can, can, it can lift 10% of the world out of poverty. We just, we just feel this thought. And you say, wow, this is nice. Then you check with your mind, there's nothing good. God likes it because this is a good thing. People will not, will not be poor. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Very nice thought, but... That, a thought like that, when you che- it passes your logic, it's, it's very clean. Nothing is wrong with that. Very clean thought. Very nice, awesome thought. But you don't know what, what quick things are behind it. You don't know. You don't know that when you you don't know when you engage with that activity. You don't know. You, in other words, I'm not saying that it's bad to feed the poor. 
and bad to have ideas. Like, that's not what I'm saying. You get what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Praise God. What I'm, what I'm saying is that God can give you an idea to feed the poor. Nice. Satan can also give you beautiful. <laughs> but when you engage with it, the outcome can be different. Are you getting what I'm, my point I'm trying to make to you? That's why if you feel, if you try, if you just look at the world with your conscious mind, if you, are, if you just purely live from your mind, you can never see any reason for God. It's not possible that you meditate so well with your mind and then things just make sense to you. Whoa, all this world needs is God. It doesn't happen that way. Most of the time when you feel that what the world needs is God is when you are not thinking. Most of the time, it's when maybe you are praying. And when you are praying in tongues, a lot of times your mind is not thinking. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? That's, why, that's one of the gifts of say, praying in tongues, praying in the spirit. That's one of the, the blessings of, of praying in the spirit. It's a gift. When you get born again, you get, they, they bless you with that thing. It's help. Praying in the spirit. Is help, is great deliverance, is safety. Is how can we quickly just a soul who hasn't yet, is not yet mature enough to move quickly into the school of the spirit? What can we give them to quickly inoculate them from things quicker than them? Do you get what I'm trying to say? It's 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 that thing of praying in the spirit, spiritual engaging with the Holy Ghost. And the activity of being filled with the Spirit is for something. The, the wine of the Spirit, I'm talking about Holy Ghost himself, just raw Holy Ghost. He's, he's being the, the person of the Spirit when he, he, he's poured into a heart and he fills the heart. There's something about him. There's something about that, that's, that Holy Spirit. He's able, to, he's able to make a man be living and not, not, be, and not be shackled by the, his seat of Logic. It creates avenue for, for quick things to access the soul. When someone is praying in the spirit, the God can put things inside you that you, didn't, you never understood. You discover that through praying in the Holy Spirit, a lot of times praying in the spirit awakens knowing. How many of you have, have, have that should be something you experience constantly. If that's not your life, you need to press into it very quickly. It means you are living dangerously. I'm not joking. It's not a joke. I'm not, that's not a joke. That's not a joke. Anybody who doesn't fetch knowing through spirit, you are living dangerously. Do you know what I mean? A lot of times you don't know what to do because this, this one makes sense. That one makes sense somehow. This one makes sense somehow. That one makes sense somehow. What should we do? You, go, you pray in the spirit. That when you pray in the spirit, you pray and pray and pray. You, you break into a knowing. This is what we should do. You say, hey, how do you know? No, I know. It's very clear. This is what. Where did that knowing come from? It's true. The, they were able to shut down that processing of the mind. Uh, are you getting And then they are allowed, let your inward man, your inner man, talk with God. That's spirit. Let it transact with God. Through transaction, something can enter into that. Are you getting what I'm saying? Thoughts that are 
that thoughts that are too fast for your, for your reasoning can enter inside your heart and it will simmer to the top. You will know that, oh, wow, this is what we should do. This is the way. That's how. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's leading. When you talk, and that's, how, that's primarily how you are meant to be led as a Christian. Do you agree with me? That's how you are supposed to be led as a what? As a Christian. As a Christian. You are supposed to be led through that. But Kenneth Hagin called our, of blessed memory, calls it the inward witness, right? That when you say inward witness, how do you, how do you fetch inward witness? It's true. Lakila ma otra zebra kalomeri yala mazuta alegre pantalori pahokori yala mazuse ketekeri osa. Talking, praying in the spirit. It's, it's, a, it's something that you are trying to make, you're trying to allow the, to fetch, you're trying to fetch instruction from a, another place, from the spiritual dimension, right? It could be that the knowledge for what you have to do is already in your heart. But the fact that it's there doesn't mean, that. it means that the judgment for that thing might be just sitting there somewhere in your heart, but your conscious mind cannot access it. Just looking outward, you can't tell. Okay, what, is, which, what should I do right now? What should, what's the right thing to do? You can't, you can't really tell it because it's, 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 it's deep on the inside. But when, you, when you, you pray in the spirit, praying in the spirit often is what it, it sharpens inward witness. That's one of the thing, reasons for praying. Say praying. Praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. It sharpens your word. It sharpens your inward witness. But one thing is that your inward witness is only as good as the, it's only as good most times as the level of ministry of the spirit which you have received. Do you, does that make sense to you? It's only as good as the level of what? Of ministry of the spirit which you have received. Praise God. For someone who is just freshly born again, for them to be safe, inward witness alone is not enough. Because someone who just got born again, let's say you came from the world and the devil has been your father since, and then you've been exposed to thoughts of the world that are pregnant with filthiness. And then such thoughts have been sown inside the soul and it's, it's there. Those are, in, other, in other words, when you tell this man, okay, you check, let's check this guy. Look beyond his mind. Let's check his inward spiritual judgment. Now that judgment is filthy because of so much investment of darkness, so much engagement in the world. So such a so person, you can't just leave them, hey, Christian, go and be led by your inward witness. They will go and then the witness they will bring will be. Are you getting what I'm saying? They don't carry judgment. For things, that's why the reason why for a, a newborn baby, for a newborn Christian, thank God you will have Holy Spirit, you'll be enjoying the Holy Spirit, but you must have what? You must have submission structure. You must have people who are mature, who you can you bring your witness to. And they will check it and say, ah, they'll pat you on the back. You tried, you tried, you tried, you tried. You prayed in the spirit and you arrive at this thing, but you see what? There's a huge blind spot in this side that you are not seeing. There are actually judgments concerning this matter that you might not understand. And through that opportunity, enlightenment can say, ah, really? Oh, okay. 
Are you getting what I'm trying to say? That's the, that's the reason for submission. If anybody, if you never understood that before, if you ever understood, okay, why else are this submission thing? It's just to, um, so the reason for submission is just simply because there is too much filthiness in us that you can pray from now till next year. And then when you come out with your answer, it will be wrong. Do you, <laughs> does that make sense? This young wayward generation doesn't like such things. You know what we like? We like, you know, we like the message we like. We like that aspect, the first part I was talking about. Just have the Holy Ghost go and pray. You can, you know, everything. Just pray, and uh, yes, the Holy Ghost in you will tell you. The, the truth is that the Holy Spirit, what he's saying to you, most times, you don't have the inward vocabulary for what he wants to say. Uh, do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> when he's even saying what he wants you to do, you, don't, you, don't, you have no frame of reference to receive such things that he wants to say to you. He, may, he mean it nothing to you. The Holy Spirit can, maybe he wants to come and tell you about something and, and say maybe this thing you are deciding to do, there are higher standards of that you are breaking. But you don't even know those standards exist because it has never been told to you. In your whole your experience, your little experience as a little child of God, you've never come to an occasion where they will put the sensitivity to this standard to you. You don't have it. Do you get what I mean? So when you are like that, you can pray from now. Even if Holy Ghost try and use dream, you will dream the dream. And then you will interpret the dream based on your frame of reference. Are you, do, you understand what I'm, do you understand the concept of blind spots? Blind spot is blind spot. Blind spot is that, is that spot you don't even know exists, but it's just in one corner. That after all your judgment, you still be making mistakes in that place. You need someone to tap you, hey, hey, sir, oh God, there's a, an area here. <laughs> Are you getting me? That's the reason for spiritual authority. That's the reason for, oh, you are a human being, you are, not a, you are not a spirit. You can't hear God. I don't actually like to feel like you hear God constantly. Even, you might be hearing God 24 hours of the day. <laughs> Praise God. You might be hearing God 24 hours of the day concerning a matter. He's been talking. Ah, God has been talking to me concerning this. He's been speaking to me for two weeks. He's just been talking to me, talking to me, talking to me, talking to me. And it's true, God has been talking to you. But it's also God has been saying a thousand things, you only heard one. Then, then somebody who has been working with God for a long time can just look at the matter and God will just show him the picture. And he, he didn't pray for 24 hours. Because of true work with God, the, he has in his soul, he has accumulated frames of reference that God can use. When God say it, he will hear it. Because he can tell, he knows, he knows that, that thing, that, that thing in God's heart that God is concerned about, that men always overlook. Because of dealings, his heart has become sensitive to that aspect. That has, are you getting what I'm trying to say? That's the role of fathers, spiritual parents authorities, and also brethren who have, who have worked with God. You know, uh, that's one thing we should also be sensitive with. 
You should be saying, see, let me tell you something. Don't close your eye to people around you who you know obey God more than you. You know our nature. When you see them, you you close your eyes, but you know, you know that this fellow, this fellow, when God moves, he feels it. He reacts. I know that you, you are not like that. You, when God is is shaking, God can be dancing in front of you. You can, you can be. <laughs> You can be doing your own thing. Later you come and say, well, I was just praying and the Lord said to me. And, then, and you feel like because you said that, everybody should shut up and say, oh, yeah. Oh, God spoke to you. Oh, awesome, awesome. We know. Praise God. <laughs> we are not all the same. We are not all the same. We are not all the same. In there, Some of us, you know your friends who obey God more than you. You know. And because they do that, you know that it's more likely that some areas of safety in your life is very likely God might go to them and talk to them about it, even though it's a matter concerning you. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Those are the people who, and then, but then Satan is bad. All these guys are always acting spiritual. It's everything, everything... Spiritual, you know what I mean? Praise God. God will save us from our our hubris and, you know. See, following God is a meek something. Hey, if you're not ready to be meek, you will. You will. You know what? if 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 you don't follow God meekly, you will, he said you perfecting holiness in the fear of God. That is, a, is an attitude of, of those who are seeking holiness. If you're not, if you're not meek, it's concerning spirituality. If you're not, if you don't approach spirituality with meekness, you will waste so much time. You will waste so much time, so much time. What will happen is that you will be learning by mistake. And you know that it's not easy to learn by mistake first time. Anybody who wants to learn through mistake, you must have made the mistake maybe at least three, four, five times before you finally learn. It's very hard. Nobody learns first time through mistake. It's very hard. It's very hard. If you have an attitude to disregard counsel and guidance and do what you want, you will find that you will, be, you will do it. And after you've, you, it has backfired, that thing most likely will not counsel you. You feel, oh, it's just this little part. I missed this part. Next time I'll do it better. Yeah. You feel like next time you'll be, you'll, be, you'll be better. you just, that other side you forgot. you just do it. Yeah. you try again and fail again. Praise God. So that's not the, I'm not, I'm not saying you cannot learn by your mistake. Oh. There are people who can learn by mistake, but they such people are so slow. They will be so slow. 
To learn one thing can take years. Before finally they will now give up. Ah, okay, maybe what these people are saying, maybe this thing may actually what they are saying makes sense. So. But that's not how God wants you to, to learn. God wants you to learn by true guidance. So the meek will he guide in judgment. Guide in judgment. It's an attitude of meekness. It's like, like I don't know, I don't know. You seek uh, the counsel. What, uh, the, the, the leading of the, of the spirit for me is more, is more likely inside somebody else than me. That's just one fact of life. You need to understand that. It's, most, it's more likely. I mean, unless you want to just live within your comfort zone, the things that you know, you're already using them. Most likely, nothing you know can move you forward. <laughs> if anything you know could move you forward, you would have already gone since. Am I correct? What's keeping you? Most likely, what you need to move forward is somewhere else. It's with somebody else. It's something, it's in your blind spot area. It's things you've not considered. That's what makes you con- constantly meek. Gives you a meek heart, a broken heart. Broken heart. That's the, that's the attitude of people who go far in God. Go far. You see someone, can, someone like that, they will go far so quickly. So quickly. And I've seen this thing. See, meek spirit, brokenness of heart, can make someone grow faster than their revelation level. Then you will see somebody with mighty revelation, but just need to be there. Please, can you just do this thing? This, you see this one thing? I say, you should, can you do this one? You say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, yeah, yeah, we see. I understand. You know, true by, uh, <clears throat> understand the principle behind this thing you're asking us to do is because, you know, that scripture and the other one, they all said that when it comes to this kind of place, such as how, and then they will talk, they will tell you all the revelation concerning that. Then you say, oh, you feel happy. Ah, this person, they've got in this thing. Thank God. Praise God. And then you come back six months later. Ah, what about that one thing that we discussed now? Shall we say that this is how we are going to do it? Uh, <laughs> you know, as I was thinking about it, you know, I just saw another side. Or, you know, I just considered it another way. That, you know, if, instead of doing it this way, you see, there's, there are different ways, you see. God operates in mysterious ways. And there are... More revelation. In other words, instead of doing that obedience, it was gathering more revelation. I just see natures. Those are, those are things that, those are, those are the kind of things that spirits do to men. They want to, they want to bend you and make you dysfunctional when it comes to journey. John, change. Change. It's not easy to change you. Have you tried it before? <laughs> eh? Have you tried changing before? It's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy to change. Now discover that you now discover that you are against change. You are an activist against change. Praise God. The Lord will have mercy on us. Thank you, Jesus. We are are speaking about, you see, this thing called filthiness of the flesh 
And then fieldiness of what? Of the spirit. Fieldiness of the flesh. So let's read it again. Having therefore this promise is dearly beloved that let us cleanse ourselves from all. Is this time correct? (laughs) (laughs) My God. (sighs) Thank you, Jesus. Let us cleanse ourselves from all fieldiness of what? Of the flesh and of the spirit, perfecting what? Holiness in the fear of God. Thank you, Jesus. So you're seeing here that, so this, attaining this cleanliness for the soul is not a washing machine, one cycle, one kind of thing. It's, it's the Lord has to, they have to, to, to develop a sophisticated program for that you, that you will now, the soul must pass through a sophisticated program for to remove clean impurities or filthiness from it. The filthiness that you can easily discern, that's one aspect. There are things that you know that are bad. It's just clear. You just know that. And, and most of the things that you know are bad are not they are not the filthiness of the spirit. A lot of times, the things that you know are bad are filthiness of the flesh. Right? They are filthiness of the flesh. It's because when you can, you can describe it, it means that your, your normal mind can reason it. Now, the scripture, the, when I say on, on Saturday we're tying scripture to what? Heavens, right? Tied scripture to heavenly ministry. You're seeing, that, you're seeing why scripture is not ordinary. You're seeing that scripture is not what? An ordinary book. That true, even though scripture can arrive at the gate of your logic, it can arrive there at the gate of your logic and thinking, but that place is not its, it's, not its destination and it's not the arena of its, of its ministry. That's not the place where it wants to be effective. But the problem is that we are trying to make scripture be walking in that place. And when scripture is coming to, I'm talking of your logic, your reasoning, and then the spirit is trying to, true ministry of the spirit, they're trying to bring scriptural thought scriptural concept through your, because that gate is, they also pass through that gate. They have to, they have to, to train. That's why they give us time on the earth. Through the conscious mind, they can put things that will end in the subconscious. When the, because it's loaded with spirit. It's pregnant with spiritual essence. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, but the problem is that a lot of times when things that the Holy Ghost brings things to our logic gate and our reasoning that doesn't look like it's going to fix the, it's, going to, it's, it's there to plug the holes in our faculty of reasoning. And because when we check it to say that, uh-uh, in all, I have all these many questions about God. Why are you not answering them? Do you, do you know what I'm trying to say? That there's a way we are tricked to feel that 
the ministry of the word should be effective primarily in our, in our realm of reasoning. So when you do that, you see, when the things that don't, are not aligning and solving problems in your reasoning, the Holy Ghost, when he's bringing such things, some souls might shut their gate. Because you don't have a, a more, a broader concept of the ministry of the scripture and the ministry of the word. You don't know that it's not, it's not everything that the minister to you that is meant to answer a logical question. Most of what they're ministering to you is not to answer a logical question. It's to, is actually rather an import. Is an import of, is an import of the actually bullets that have been transferred by the Spirit into, into your depth. Do you get what I mean? They want to pass through your logic, then lodge itself inside your spiritual mind. <laughs> Are you seeing that? That when it, it's, it enters into your spiritual mind, what do I mean by spiritual mind? Your spiritual mind is not the, the mind of thinking about your flesh. It's another inner mind. It's another mind. It's another mind behind your mind. It's still part of your mind, but when it finishes its work, its output is not to serve your body. Its output is to serve your depths. So when your when spiritual mind finishes working, you are waiting for, you know when, you're, when the outward mind is op, 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 operating and it finishes its calculation, there's always an output. What's output? Answer. What is answer? What to do? This, 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 when you do this and do this and do that, it will equal to that and it will result in this result that you can measure. Do you get what I'm saying? So we love that kind of thing. And there's a way to teach the Bible from that way. We just target, we just look at you guys. We know all your needs. Yours is academic. Yours is in your career. Yours is in your marriage. Yours is in your this. And then we don't have to arrange scripture so that... The Bible says this concerning your career. It says this. And it says you like we love that kind of message. It means the answer is coming. Answer. Answer. Hey! But you know that that career is the least of God's problem. Because he's hearing the sound of filthiness. It's rising up. Why? Too much. Where does that filthiness come? The wine. It's the Babylon, the great mother of harlots and abominations of the earth with her wine. Why? Those, if she's like that, the wine she serves souls, how would they be? What will it cost in them? Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? That's, that's, that drunkenness, that, that's what culminated in that beastly nature that began to blaspheme against God. Uh, I see the nature of blasphemy in the book of Revelation chapter 13. It's not one man shouting, God, you are, uh, you know, and insulting him. No, it's just, a, you see, it's a very, it'd be a very nice man on the earth. But he's a beast in his soul. The sea, out of the sea, arose something. And while he's doing his niceness on the earth, he's inward, he's blaspheming God. And God is hearing it. He's hearing the blasphemy of that nature. Do you get what I'm saying? So same thing with the, the, the worldly nature 
it's doing things. It's carrying, it's giving problems. There's the sound that heaven is hearing from the heart of man is not the right sound. It's not the sound that creature ought to give to God. Do you understand what I'm saying? So if we now bring all those messages that, you know, that, you know we like clean message. We don't want to attack career now. We will line out maybe 10 points. Each point has its own verse. So you see this verse concerning this verse. This one talks about this aspect. You see, and you now, you now, you now, you give the verse, you now give examples in the Bible. You see, Daniel, when he went into. <laughs> right? And then you do, you, you do that, praise God. I want you, I'm not saying those things are bad, they're not bad. Praise God. There's nothing wrong with that. It's awesome, beautiful. You, you can use it in your But I'm just telling you, don't conflate that with solving the problem that God wants to solve in men. You can do all of those things. You've not done anything. The soul that came is the same soul that can. If Christ is not taken, he can go back worse than he came. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So, boy, you see, that kind of ministry will appeal to the outward mind. Because after the calculation, you know, the calculation of the thought is producing the answer. In the, ah, I, know, I know what to do. It means that when you're leaving that meeting, when you're going back to work the next day, you know what to do. Things cast is clear. Do you get what I mean? But... It means that such reasoning produced output for the outward, but nothing fell back to help the inward. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a twisted sense. Satan has twisted our sense of blessing. That you, you, a, a person can come and you give them things and they go back wretched and they're happy that they are blessed, but they've taken no blessing back. Anything that doesn't tamper with the filthiness of the, of the spirit and of the flesh is not help. It means you're not, you not getting closer to the promise of God. Praise God. But there's a way the ministry of the spirit can then bring another method. It's the same thoughts. Different things to think about. But those things, when the calculations finish, you are not seeing results. A lot of times, you will not be seeing, you know that output, there's an output, let's say you, you spend two hours, three hours talking, sharing thoughts. After two hours, three hours, you're expecting, eh, hey, let me, I, can, I should be able to write points of action. Output, you know, output of reasoning, when we reason, after we reason, let's get output. But a lot of times, we, if you're not schooled and the Lord hasn't helped us, to have true discernment of the ministry of the Spirit. So we will not esteem such an engagement as amounting to blessing. Why? Because of the output is not appearing outwardly. When I say outwardly, I'm talking about in thought, in answer, in terms of reasoning. It's not, such things, might not, it might not be exciting your intellectual frame. Do you know what I mean? There's different, it's not, there's different kind of ministry. 
There's ministry built around excitement of intellectualism. It's just excitement of intellectualism. That when you, you feel like, wow, wow, things are making sense. But it's like, what is making sense? Is not the work of the devil. What is making sense is the, is the world. Whoa, I now see, ah, okay. Talking about how to act outwardly. Are you getting what I'm saying? But a lot of times, the ministry of the spirit, when the, I'm talking about the ministry that will, that's true scripture, that will now go inside the spiritual mind. That's the difference between the spiritual mind and the outward mind. It's the mind, but there's a spiritual mind. So let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. What's the meaning of that? Then, who, then I began to tell you that mind that was in Christ, what were the product of the mind? He was counting it not robbery to be equal with God. But then he made himself, though he was in the form of God, made himself with no reputation. What, are, what do all those things mean? Do they have to do with your career and all, your becoming, solving problems on the earth and being productive here? No, no, no. We're talking about attitude that matter to God. Though he was in the form of God, he counted on Robbie to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form. It was a mind that was working. Calculation. Took upon himself the form. And then being found in fashion. You know the first part of the workings of that mind, they were not happening in, in Jesus' flesh. When the mind that decided to take, to take on the form of a man and of a servant was before he came in fashion as a man. It was still that mind was the spiritual mind. Are you getting what I'm saying? But they went being found in fashion as a man. That's the first time we saw the mind at work inside the body of Jesus of Nazareth. When he found himself in fashion as a man, then the mind was still working. Then he humbled himself. Now, are you seeing the kind of mind that instructs that kind of thing? Humble, humbling himself and that thing that word humbling himself means a lot of things you can pick his conversation Jesus' conversation that flow out of that humility it was his mind that was that was talking when he was at 12 was should I not be about my father's business it was that mind that was talking things that was concerned about the father's business later you saw him later when he started ministry Talking about the Father's will, teaching about the kingdom. No, he didn't just talk about it. It was the lifestyle which he modeled, which he was living. It was the same life. When it comes to outward metrics, it was a non-entity. While other people are going to work and everything, he left his father's carpentry business and began to. Jesus was the definition of a. Um, is, is it, Jesus was the definition of the kind of child a man should not have. It's, it's the age that he should, he should be able to take over the business. That's the age that he left. <laughs> Praise God. But it was the mind instructing him. Another mind. So the same law and prophet that produced all the Pharisees and all the Sadducees, even the high, the chief priests, Annas, Caiaphas, the ones who killed him in the end, it's the same law and prophet they were reading. That's what he too was reading. But another mind 
another mind. Another mind. Say mind. So the, the sense that the law was making to the Pharisees is not the same sense it was making to Jesus. It was very clear. When they would come and be asking him questions, and Jesus would just look at them and say, Kai. They were asking him about divorce. One of them came was asking him about if this one married a wife and this one died. He married, the wife now married his brother and he died. The other one married and he was, he was thinking, asking, you get what I'm saying? And he was quoting the law of Moses. To him, that was a very great, that was a, a very serious, that was a PhD question, you know what I mean? Imagine they have, imagine PhD in the law have sat around the table on that question before. Some people have written theses about the question based on the law of Moses, that if a man dies and then his, and then his husband will take the wife, then let's now deduce, based on that, who will have the wife at the end in heaven? That's a, that's a, that can be a thesis question for PhD. So the battle with that question, imagine mine, that's the same Bible, and then they came and began to ask Jesus the same question. Jesus just, uh, you're not thinking straight, man. <laughs> Don't you know that in heaven that you'll be like the angels that you know? Ah, okay. Are you getting what I'm saying? It means that, it means, it means that, that there, was, there was never a space for the Holy Spirit to minister that to them in all their meditation. And that must have just been a, a, a tiny thing that Jesus might have learned when he was 11 or 12 or something concerning the nature of angels, right reading the law and all of those things. Mind. So, it means that those Jews were reading it wrongly. While Jesus was reading the law and the prophet to access the kingdom and to discern his father's will, and to, he was reading it, it was very clear, he was reading the book to ascend into heaven. Right, that's the reason, what he was using the law and the prophet to do, was reading them to ascend into heaven. While he was doing that, the Pharisees were also reading the same book. And many of them may have been around his age. Some were young, some were a bit older than him. Some of them have read it. Maybe they've been around for twice his age. They've been reading the same book, but they can't, they were not, they can't read it with the sense of ascending to heaven, the sense of the Father's will, accessing the kingdom. They are reading it with the sense of what? Pharisaical, uh, what do you call it? Pharisaical mind. Religious righteousness, piety before men, how to appear holy before men. That's what Jesus was teaching. No, when you pray, don't be like the Pharisee. Don't, don't be like them. They will, they will stand in the street corners. Where, where did those things come from? Is what they were reading. So it means law and prophet can make a man like that. Yes. The same law and prophet that Jesus read to raise him up into the will of the Father was raising Pharisees, and they became Pharisaical. And it, it developed to the point where they were strong enough to kill the Son of God. Say minds. Different, different mind. So that, the spiritual mind, when the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Spirit, is coming to the spiritual mind, you will see it's a bit different that a person who is receiving such ministry must be okay for the mind to finish its calculation. That calculation, or the calculation of the spiritual mind 
is called meditation. Do you know that meditation is not the same thing as thinking about how to solve an algebra question? Or when you finish your sociology class, now in your mind reviewing what the professor said. Or in your second year medicine class, when they are teaching about things, the anatomy or whatever, going back, okay, the body is this, this is what it's used for, that's what it's used for. And you remote, no, that's the type of meditation. Well, that's the kind of meditation the outward man does and they will produce an answer. Say answer. 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 What is the answer? True. When you accumulate answer, you are ready. I'm not ready for the test. True, because of plenty of meditation. So if it's an engineering exam, because of so much meditation, so much, your mind has given so much output of answer. Whenever you are faced with the question is designed in this way, this is how you approach the question to get an answer. Because of meditation, the mind can do that. Are you seeing what I'm That's outward learning. Outward, out, uh-huh. The same way you can read Bible in that kind of way too. When you go to Bible school, when, you get in, when you're in the community and there are, there are issues there, this and that one, what, is, what, is, what does the gospel have to say concerning the, the community life and all that? And then you have the answer, well, you, you, know, you start with being friendly with your neighbors and then from there you can progress to you know, maybe holding uh, a Bible study or something or just, just bake, you can bake something and give to them and become friendly and from there, I got, those, are, those are the kind of things that can come from Bible school kind of study. Like how do you reach a nation that the gospel hasn't gone to? How do you go and preach? How do you do evangelism? Even in Bible school, they will teach you apologetics. They teach you apologetics. They teach you, what else? What are the Bible school people? <laughs> Amen. They, they teach you how to interpret Bible. Right? The, things, the kind of things they'll teach you. They'll teach you, how do you interpret the prophetic books? Well, when you read it, you read the context. You have to think, take it back to the time they were living in. In that time, this is, are you gonna, they teach you all those things. So we've built school around the Bible that is exactly like our natural school. And then if somebody who has been trained naturally, now bring them to a church where they're supposed to minister spirit to them. They can't, it's hard to receive the things of the spirit. Canaan mind cannot receive, receive it not. It's because they are, they are foolishness to him. When he's asking, answer, where's answer, where's answer? He's not answering anything. He's demanding answer, but he doesn't know the answer of that word. What is the answer of spiritual ministry? The answer, when the spiritual mind has finished its calculation, it doesn't output answer outward. It sends the answer inward. That is the, that's the output of spiritual meditation. It's different from trying to remember what you learned in class. Say meditation. When you're meditating about things, scriptural things, scriptural thought, you are thinking about it, you are chewing them. You are chewing them. You are chewing them, and you must chew by the Spirit. A lot of times when you are meditating, meditating brings, it makes you high. It increases feeling. Through medit- That's one way of getting filled with the Spirit. I mean, if you know that method, you know that method. Not by praying in tongues, it's by meditation. And you, you can also, you experience in feeling as well. That's the sign you are doing it correctly. 
if you are meditating on Bible and it's just uh, the way you feel when, when you are reading that wicked prof's textbook. <laughs> Praise God. That's not how you should feel when you are, when you are chewing the word of God. When you are listening to a message or, or thoughts are flowing, they are talking about, about things that are, amen, things for you, food for your spiritual mind. It, it results in feeling because at its outputting answer, it, those answers are spirit. So the word I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Now, make no mistake, I'm not talking to your intellectual something. You have problem beyond your intellectualism. You have problem that all the intellectualism, let, let everything make sense to you, you will still be a problem. It's not about making things make sense to you. The Bible should not make sense to you. That's not, don't reduce the Bible to something that should make sense to your natural mind, the way your textbook makes sense. It's trying to, it's trying to solve a problem. The problem that scripture, spiritual is trying to catch is pursuing a fast thing. It, has, it is spiritual. It's invisible. What makes you behave the way you do? Answer me. Why don't you love everybody you should love? I mean the ones you know you should love, but you still don't love them. Tell me why. Do you, do you have the answer? How many of you have the answer? The answer is too quick for you. Before you open, love one another. This, <laughs> your heart has already shifted and locked. You have, you have already, are you getting what I'm trying to say? It's quick, quick. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, Natural, let's reason it out, doesn't solve such problems. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't. The, what the, the activity of the spiritual mind, what it's meant to do is to expose the heart to spiritual resource is to fill the heart with, with spiritual resource. You need things that can go after natures that are quick inside of, your, inside of you and capture them. Capture them and purge them out of your vessel. Cleanse yourself from all filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit. It's talking about all the invisible filthiness that we are plagued with. There's a kind of ministry we ought to be exposed to, to deal with them. Amen. And so we're saying on Saturday that the, the book, we're talking about the book or the scripture is, is, for, to, is for to cooperate with Beings who embody the they, they embody the separation, the sanctification, and the consecration that our filthy soul needs. That when you begin to feed your spiritual mind and the meditation of the spiritual mind, it makes the book open. It calls for spiritual activity. 
Now, the, the feeling you get, that's why the feeling of praying in tongues alone is not the same thing as the feeling you get from med spiritual meditation. It's not the same. The infilling you get from spiritual meditation is not just infilling of the Holy Ghost, no. It's the deposit of materials. And if the sense of feeling you feel is not just from raw Holy Spirit. It's the feeling of the spiritual weight surrounding the materials that have been deposited inside your heart. Many of them come from angels. It's the ministry of heaven. Do you get what I'm trying to say? It is it's beings that those, those calculations which the natural mind will not understand, but which the spiritual mind can open up and break open. Those thoughts which those spiritual minds, which they are talking about, they are saying, they are speaking about properties that beings in heaven carry as their nature. And those beings, they are sensitive to the opening of such conversations in hearts. They're sensitive to them. That's why they are made to be sensitive to it. You say, are they not ministering spirit? The book of Hebrews. Who minister for them? Who shall be what? Heirs of salvation. Who shall be heirs of salvation? They, they minister for them. So they, are, they are made to go and minister. Anytime, some of, some of us, you, when, the reason for, 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 the, for the scripture, when you are partaking of spiritual ministry, the reason for the Bible or result, which result scriptural thought, which result as, which becomes the material for spiritual meditation, right? The reason for the giving of that resource is to call forth the nature, right? To call forth what? The nature that embodies what those thoughts are speaking about. So you see that the activity of the spiritual mind, of the inward mind, causes heavenly activity. It causes heaven to open. The same way, a lot of time, the activity of the purely natural mind can awaken other angels who are carriers of nature. You know what I was saying initially when we started that they bring a very clean idea to you. To you, it looks very clean to the outward mind. But you don't, you don't know what the, the spirits that the engagement of that idea will call. Meditation, let me just tell you the, the reason for meditation. Meditation summons spirits. Man is not ordinary. Man is not ordinary. Every meditation, some, anytime you are thinking on something, you are calling a spirit. Because thoughts are not cheap. Thoughts are not just, you don't find thoughts. Every thought is a product of a spirit. Every, you have to, every thought can be traced to a spirit. There is a spirit that is behind every thought. And when you take that thought and think it, you can't take a thought that came from a spirit and be thinking it and the spirit is not a, won't be touched. Someone is thinking me. Who, who, is the, who, is, who is thinking that thing? Who is thinking it? Who is thinking it? Do you get what I was saying? So meditation, what I said, meditation summons spirits. 
I'm not saying I'm not trying to be spooky to scare you. It's just the honest truth. And when I say so, call spirit, I don't mean they will come. Ah, we are here to go. We are the spirit that came to you. Be, we came from your village. You have been calling us since. That's not the kind of spirit I'm talking about. Not that kind. I'm talking about the spirit that say spirit. The, the spirit that sent men on errands. You see somebody with devote my life. I must achieve this. Who sent you? This is my calling in life. Okay, sir. Okay. It's your calling. Okay, who called you? <laughs> but when he said it's his calling, it's not a lie. When someone said, this is my calling, it's not a lie. It's a calling, but just they don't know where the calling came from. That you know, calling comes from spirit. Spirits pick callings. Sorry, spirit give calling to souls. If you take a thought and you begin to think it, after a while to begin to call you, you will receive, you will receive a mandate from the spirit that produces such thought. I want that mandate to rest on you is an inheritance you want to. You, it becomes a promise. Say promise. Praise God. True thought. So, to, so it's very clear that through meditation, it will fashion your soul to attain what? To attain promises. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Are you blessed today? Are you being blessed? You've been blessed. So, so we are showing you, what I'm just showing you is the Lord wants to make, give us access to spiritual ministry or what we call heavenly ministry. So when you say heaven is ministering to you, don't see it in that kind of sense. Wow, I dreamt heaven open. That's not it. We want to real heavenly ministries. You must, it's, the, it's the inward meditation of thought that came from heaven. Thought, that, that's what the Bible is. It's, a, it's an archive of the book. The book is an archive of the pattern. It's a heavenly pattern. The patterns of heaven. Pattern of things in heaven. When the soul begins to take them, Begin to think them. You're summoning the, the beings who carry the nature of those thoughts. And every soul, every soul, every soul is a thinker. Every soul is a thinker. Tell, when you see a, a Christian will come and say, Oh, I don't know. I'm so weak in meditating. I can't really think. The reason why is not because they can't think. Is because they are thinking about other things. You, when you, you see a soul complaining, all these things, thinking about the first heaven, second heaven, third heaven, tabernacle, this one. That, ah, there are too many now. Go and check the textbooks they read in school. <laughs> then that's just one side. They're not going to look at what they are reading for their professional exams. Then, then now that's another side, that's professional exam. For their profession. Then what about the other things they are now already learning on their own? Just with their courses and all of that. Just to add things up. So, so don't let anybody who is feeling, oh, no boy, see, I can't meditate. It's just hard. And he said, you are a liar. No, it's just that you are, you are too in love. You're falling so in, one, in love with outward meditation. You need to awaken love for inward meditation. Because, and you must know that, you must know that how you use your heart 
So as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What kind of statement is that? As a man thinketh, it means that thinking can re re-image you. Three, you just be thinking in one direction, your image will be changing. Power is tying thinking to being. Thinking to being. As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Think about heavenly things. If you then be reasoned with Christ, set your affections, your mind on things above. Say things above. What are the things and where do you find them? How do you, okay, what is above? How do you know what is above? They are here. They are here. They are here. Scriptures. Scripture is an insight. It's a window into things above. Set your affections on them and not on things of the, on the earth. For you are dead and your life is hid. That what life means, what you should live for. Is hid with Christ in God. Thank you, Jesus. What you think you will carry its weight. That's one of when you come to the presence of God, we are too weighty, too heavy. You just have those heaviness. Why? Heaviness is a sign of what you've been thinking. Hey, what have you been thinking all day? That's a sign when you, many of us will come with heaviness <laughs> because of why weight of the of the thoughts of the cares, they call them cares of this world. Cares. But God, Jesus now said, okay, okay, you come to me, all you who are, who are weary, who are heavy laden, you, you who are carrying weight that nobody asks you to carry. Come, just come. I, come to me. Come, then you will find rest for your souls. They now say, then you take my yoke and learn of me. So he's is time learning to yoke. For my yoke is easy, my body is light. Are you seeing that? So it means that through learning, through thought, through meditation, that's how you take body. So the weight you should be carrying is not the weight of the world. You should be carrying the weight of the spirit. A soul that is, that is weighty with spirit looks differently from a soul that is weighty with the world. What they want to put on us is spiritual weight. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't be empty. You, should, you carry weight, but weight. I know you can, they can check what weight. Sometimes just talking, you can, I can see your weight. I can tell what is, what is your weight. What is weighing upon your heart. Beings who, have, who are carrying spiritual weight are different. Their conversation is different. <laughs> weight cast out spirits. Do you know that? <laughs> So this weight is, Jesus, this is the kind that Jesus is carrying. He said, my weight is easy, my burden is light. That weight which Jesus was carrying is, a, is, a, is the kind of weight that every soul, is the weight of the promises, the weight of that which is promised to your soul, is the weight of who you need to become. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Another, to me, another way of word for weight is also Conversation. If you 
a soul that is carrying the conversation of the world or the weight of the world, if, you, if, you, if they come around you and you are, you are spiritual, they, can, they will try, you will be smelling something. Something is trying to, to choke the, uh, you get what I'm saying? It's just, it's called cares. Say, say cares. Have you tried to, to talk spiritually with someone who has cares before? Somebody who has, they have cares and you're trying to open Bible. Care doesn't like Bible opening. Even if Bible open, it should be Bible story. Once you go beyond Bible story, you have, you have a problem. Once there's a care, praise God, the care can just do things. It can just turn on sleep button. Oh yeah, sleep right now. Or go to the market right now. As you are sitting down right now, just go there. The care can just send the person on an errand. That's bullet with. Say care. 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 When care is sending you message, you can't refuse. Is a care that you've, you've taken. You need to cast it upon him. Cast your cares. For he careth. Let him care for you. Don't take cares. Praise God. They want to set us free. You need, we need liberty. It's called the liberty of the spirit. So you can land in your profession and take it up. The spiritual profession. The God wants spiritual professionals upon the earth. As they want, let the world be chipping away at their problems. Let's we'll be chipping away at our own. What our, what's our own problem? How to arrive at the promises of God. The Lord will help you. He will grant you grace. He will grant you strength. I'm seeing, I'm seeing your heart, your inward environment taking a new shape entirely. I'm just seeing... It, a different inward environment through because of deliverance. You, you, maybe when you wake up tomorrow, you will just wake up and just let some things go. Amen. This is not, this is not worth it. The, the Lord will define and bring forth a serious mind concerning the things of the Spirit. You begin to care for what you need to take care about. And things that are worthless, your heart, there will be no longer room for them anymore. In your heart, you receive grace for spiritual judgment, Amen. spiritual calculation. I'm seeing activation of your spiritual mind. Amen. Spiritual mind that will begin to be active. You begin to chew the word and, and break the word and dissect the word. Amen. You begin to move into, into waves of the spirit, in feelings of the spirit, Amen. by virtue of spiritual activity and spiritual meditation. I'm seeing grace for cooperation with heaven Amen. landing upon your heart Amen. and upon your soul. Some of Amen. you, from today, your house will become heavenly. Amen. Your environment, because of the weight upon you, you're going to switch weight Amen. and it will tamper with your conversation. Amen. So shall it be unto you. Amen. Father, thank you for your people. Thank you for your children. Thank you for the blessing. Watch. You have chosen to bless us with through mercy. Thank you for giving us grace to pass through the door which mercy has opened to us to fetch utterance concerning things concerning your heart. Lord, we pray that no soul, no heart, no person, no being, Lord, will, will fall short of all that has been said today. Holy Spirit, take this word, minister it again, afresh. You said that you will bring to all our remembrance all that has been said. We pray so shall it be. 
Let every heart go home with the blessing. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We receive with thanksgiving. We receive with thanksgiving. Not just the thought, but Lord, we are receiving even the accompanying ministry, Lord, and the accompanying blessing. It will go home with us. We will not leave it here. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give all the glory to your name, and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. Dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between.